0: And welcome to LX2 Codependency Coaching. I am Stella. We are recording live on Instagram at Luna underscore X2 underscore LLC. Thank you so much. (laughs) I don't straighten my hair very often, um, but I had an opportunity to do that this morning, so I did it, Um, which is super awesome because sometimes I just want to do something different with my hair. Um, And I'm usually kind of a wash and go girl, but not today today we're going to make extra effort to look good and feel good because feelings are hard. Uh, And so that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, I was thinking about the last few uh, podcasts that I've done on emotional intelligence and emotional awareness uh, and conflict. And so we're going to put those together today and talk about how to do that to the best of your ability, depending on what you're going through and what's going on. So As most of you know, when I do a podcast, I am usually going to process whatever I'm going through in the moment. Um, And when I was away in Europe, I would talk about whatever I was writing about, right? So since I've been back, I am processing constantly and still doing things and writing on stuff. And so uh, the new project is uh, on detachment, which is a significant piece of codependency work, and when we are working on detachment, when I am working on detachment, it is detachment from outcomes. It is detachment from taking things personally. It is a constant awareness of just being receiving of what comes, processing that, and letting it go. Now, that said, um, as a Pisces and a human being who processes emotions all the time and quickly, uh, sometimes things get stuck. And so, kind of a, a background um I was recently having a conversation with a close family member and um I I reacted and I did not respond in the best way possible and I have this like it's been processing for a while but I have this awareness that like I don't have a lot of conflict in my current relationships um because my current relationships are the people that I'm in relationship with and deal with daily Uh, I don't have conflict with them. Like if there is something to be discussed or said or boundaries need to be set, like that happens and it's not uh, a conflict situation. Um, With other humans in my life, sometimes there's conflict and that's fine. Like conflict is normal and healthy and any kind of discourse is an opportunity for growth and connection and communication and all the things. Um, But I have shared in the past that Uh, It's kind of our family go-to processing situation, whereas we react first and respond later. And one of the things that I teach, because I teach communication skills and conflict skills, is to be aware of your emotional capacity when you are having uh, conflict so that you understand where your reactions are coming from. Now, just for clarity, uh, there's a difference between reacting and responding. And reactions reactions are generally emotion based, and so we are reacting to the situation, the conversation, whatever's happening in the moment. Um, whereas a response takes some cognitive processing as well as emotional awareness. And so, you know, when you think of a reaction, it's more of an instantaneous um, interaction, right? Um, and so, when we are reacting. We don't use that frontal lobe, that, you know, cognitive process. We just kind of, you know, interact based on the moment and based on the stimulus that we're getting. So the stimulus response uh, and so really thinking about our feelings, our emotions are informed by our past history, by what we're going, what's going on in the moment, uh, you know, right down to like, have you eaten today and those kinds of things. So that's where we're reacting from, whereas a response is a cognitive process where we are thinking about how we are going to interact in in moments of conflict. Right. So think about that text that you get, like we need to talk later. And so we're all thinking about, you know, well, why, what do we need to talk about and what's going on? And, you know, what happened today that now we need to have a conversation. We even do that in work and <clears throat> work situations where, you know, we'll get an email that we have, can we have a meeting later? And so our brain starts to process like what are we having a meeting about? What's going on? What time of year about? Is it like you know what did I what did I mess up right? Um, so in my experience, because I am a reactive human, that is definitely a Martinez woman situation. Is not just the women in Martinez families, but like in my family. Uh, we react, right? And so we'll get a stimulus, and then we'll have a reaction, and then we'll, you know, kind of maybe calm down, and then we'll have a response. And <clears throat> we are, are very spicy humans, the Martinez women. Um, and it's not just exclusive to who we are, but it's how we do things, right? And so yes, our lizard brain kind of goes into panic, and we just then react, right, as opposed to responding. Generally speaking, I will tell clients, like, if you're going to send a spicy email, write it down first or a letter or anything, even a text message, write it out, put all the emotion in it, read it, take some of the emotion out and then read it a third time and then send it. And that'll give you enough time to calm down and not send, you know, the napalm text. So... One of the things that I am and, you know, my friends and I talk about often is uh, that I have napalm in the shed and I will burn a bridge right quick. Um, and I have no problem like cutting people off or just cutting people in general because that is how I function. 45 minutes. Exactly. <laughs> so I, I use this, uh, this technique with clients and, and with people in my life is like when we're reacting from an emotional place Um, give yourself 45 minutes, right? When I, when I work with smoking cessation and clients are wanting to change behavior, um, specific to cigarettes, right? I would say like, I know that you want to have a cigarette right now or whenever you, whatever the habit, the habit is, right? We're habituated to do certain things, give yourself 20 minutes. When it comes to an emotional response to get to a responding place versus a reacting place, give yourself 45 minutes. Um, and so, yeah. I, I have no problem reacting immediately. And so when we think about like an emergency, we react first, whatever we need to do to get people safe or to address the situation or problem, um, you know, I will jump right in and for the most part, we'll shut down the emotional reaction and just do, right? But when we are in conflict, like I'm going to react from whatever you just cut, like whatever button you just pushed, I'm coming at you both barrels blazing. And generally, I'm going to run to the shed first, grab that napalm just in case I need to burn that bridge right quick. Not helpful. But it is a thing I do. And so my accountability buddy buddies will be like, do we need to go to the shed? Like, let's not do that right away. You know, whatever. Um, and so recognizing if I give myself 45 minutes to, to do something rather than like make that phone call and just react, helpful. Because then I can process out my emotion. I can recognize What it is that I'm feeling, or what has been triggered, and then I can respond. Notice how I am breathing now. (laughs) I'm not just going to jump in the Jeep and be like, okay, we're going to fucking handle some shit. Not helpful always. And most things do not require that level of reactivity, they do not require a hairpin trigger reaction. We use the word trigger often when we are. Uh, stimulated, (laughs) when we have a stimulus that hits an old wound or an old behavior or pattern, those things are automatic. That is our default setting. And when we think about our family of origin, there are a lot of triggers that are installed in those reactions and responses, and they're automatic. We don't even think about it, right? Um, I was driving in the car uh, with a girlfriend. We were on a road trip. Both of us moms, both of us sitting in the front seat. Neither one of us are each other's mom. (laughs) And, you know, for some reason we had to hit the brakes. I don't remember even who was driving. And both of us reached out and went like this, like to save the other one from moving forward. And we giggled and it was funny because it was automatic response, right? Didn't think about it. Didn't even like register that we were doing it. We just did it. That is a reaction. And, you know, later we were like, totally a mom reaction where you're just like, oh my God. Uh, (laughs) So anyway, having this conversation over text and then a phone call ensued like right away and I did not show up as my best self. And after, you know, processing and really recognizing what my emotions were, then I could say, you know, I was feeling these things, right? oftentimes when I am working with clients and teaching them conflict skills, especially in, in relationship uh, counseling, but just in general to be aware of what your emotions are. And in most of my first sessions, I will give clients a feelings list. Uh, there's a whole lot of feelings on that list of, of all the things. And we've talked before on the idea that most of us are taught like mad, sad, and glad that was that, that. That's it. You're either happy, you're pissed off or, uh, you know, you're neutral. (laughs) Um, And if you're not happy, like fix your face, figure it out. Like these are things. Uh, Underneath those feelings are a lot of other feelings. And the feelings list, you can Google a feelings list, are a bunch of things. So had this interaction, reacted not my best self, definitely came from an emotionally triggered place. And uh, then I went back and was like, okay, what, what was going on for me? what was what was triggered in my response that I am not super proud of. Um, and at that point, there was not a whole lot to do because, you know, napalm was thrown and, and people were definitely highly triggered, including myself. Um, but I did start to process and think about how I don't have conflict normally in my life uh, on a day-to-day basis, which I'm really grateful for. Um, in the house that I grew up in, there was conflict constantly. One, lots of humans. Two, lots of female humans. I have uh, four sisters and a brother. And so there's a lot of, you know, tension and emotion there. Um, And my mom is a very reactive person. So I learned reactivity from a very young age. And so what I also learned is how to manage reactivity. Right? That's my code where I jump in and try to fix a situation or make it as neutral as possible so that I feel safe. Um, and I went into most relationships that way. And so I know that when I am emotionally vulnerable and open, um, my go to is reaction, it is not responding. Um, I have learned over time and in lots of different kinds of relationships that that's not helpful or healthy. And I do better at recognizing when I am triggered in neutral relationships where I generally feel safe. Uh, But being a highly emotional human being and now, you know, being a different and better version of myself that is more emotionally vulnerable, I have access to what I am feeling and I can generally articulate those things consistently in the relationships I have with those humans that I have a relationship with to be like, Hey, I'm really struggling today. And these are the feelings that I'm having. Um, and so, you know, with my accountability and uh, buddy and I, we often say like, I'm just saying words. And it's like, cool, awesome. You just need to say words and I don't have to respond or react. I'm just going to give you the space to do that, which I love. I love that with my accountability friends um, because they just hold space. They don't have, they don't have any emotional investment in like, other than, you know, as long as you feel safe and okay, tell me what's going on that's not always the case. And certainly in other relationships, you know, I know that I have held my emotions back or in because I don't want to overwhelm people with when I am having feelings. That said, when I am now, when I get in the box, we've talked about that's what that is, uh, I struggle to stay in the box. I struggle to shut down my emotional self um, because I am a big emotional human. Like, that's just how I function and exist in life. And I generally can say words to that effect, water. So when I am having big feelings, uh, people are going to know. Good feelings, bad feelings, weird feelings, all the feelings. Um, I had gone to dinner with a friend of mine the other day and, um, you know, we're very particular, like when we order, and it definitely turned into my mom at this point where I order things very specifically and things on the side and blah, 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 blah. Um, and the server, you know, just didn't get it right, which is fine. Like, absolutely. And we're there to, like, help her help us. And so uh, I could just feel her frustration get higher and, higher and higher. And I was like, you know, just so you know, like, we're not in any way, like, criticizing you as a human being. This is just how we order. And, you know, really tried to, like, bring down the volume on that. It got better, but in the past, like if I'm having a rough day, first one's going to get it is the first one who comes at me weird or sideways or whatever. Um, so I've been very triggered lately. Uh, and I just want you to be aware of like, when you are triggered, do you know where that trigger is coming from? Are you aware of where your emotional capacity is? And so we talk about capacity, even though I was forbidden from saying capacity, <laughs> your emotional threshold, um, you energetic even. Like, what is your energy and what are you giving off? I'm very aware of my energy for the most part. Um, And so when I am depleted, when I am tired, when I am hungry, when I am, you know, kind of emotionally overwhelmed, I am aware that my threshold for engaging in human activity is very low. It is probably not a good idea for me to then go out and participate in large group activities where there's a lot of humans if my energetic threshold is low, or if my emotional threshold is super overwhelmed with whatever it is I'm going through. Probably not the best time for me to engage in emotional conversations. That said, I am aware of those things. So I I work with clients often to be aware of where their emotional threshold or capacity is so that they can inform the other people that they are in relationship with. So anxiety is a really good one. I have identified as an anxious human. I would say I generally am at a five or a seven. Most of the time, my brain is going constantly. So when I am emotionally compromised, I am having a you know, kind of low threshold day, and my anxiety is high, I am not going to be the most pleasant human to be around. So I know that I take those things into into account when I am engaging with other human beings. Now, depending on the human beings I am engaged with, most people I can say, hey, I'm just having a really stressful day or my anxiety is really high. Um, I speak feelings often with the humans that I am interacting with because as a therapist, um, we speak feelings all the time and I feel the feelings in the room. So if somebody is not expressing what they are feeling, I will kind of clue them into, hey, by the way, you're not breathing right now. And so then they'll be like, oh, I didn't realize I was doing that. When we are processing our trauma or talking through a situation, there's often physical cues that there's a lot of things that are unspoken, right? And it is my job to then cue in a client and be like, hey, you're not breathing, We generally talk really fast and we are like holding it all in and our shoulders are raised and and so those are things that we are not aware of necessarily unless another person points it out. So when my anxiety is high, I recognize and I carry my anxiety right here. I can't breathe, right? Or my hands will start moving. One of the ways of self-soothing is that I tap my fingers, right? Fingers to my thumbs. I will count probably silently, Or uh, I'll just start like shaking my hands. I recognize that when my anxiety gets high, that is a thing that I do. So I know that where is my head right now? What's going on, right? When I am feeling um, overwhelmed or uh, have just a lot going on, when I'm feeling insecure, when I am feeling disregarded, when I am feeling... um, not thought about or not considered i am aware that that is something that happens and so my feeling center is right here right on my chest in that area uh, my shoulders will go up sometimes i will come forward um, you know i can't sit still or my brain is kind of all over the place so these are ways that i am aware that my emotional threshold is compromised right um, i also get very defensive And uh, sometimes I will, my self-talk gets real shitty real fast. And so these are all ways when I am aware of my emotional threshold and if it is compromised, right? If my ability to be vulnerable, opened, my gentle, soft, sweet self is not safe, I close in and close ranks and I get real, real uh, prickly, right? Uh, thinking about all defense mechanisms, generally we can be real cutty and I can be very cutty. I can say some things that are not helpful um, to you, to me, to the relationship. I say really messed up things and I know that about me. So as I have been processing, you know, this conversation that happened, um, one, I was very aware of the, the things that I was saying after the fact. And I was aware that, like, it got really heated really fast, and I couldn't understand, like, how we got to this place. And I had to be aware of, like, these are things that you were feeling, Stella. And I was kinder to myself after (laughs) I was able to come down and be like, wow, what just happened? So when we are in those emotionally compromised places, um, our first go-to is keep me safe, right? Our next go-to is how can I then take care of the collateral damage of what has happened in these moments when I did not feel safe and I came at, you know, this individual, both guns blazing. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to handle the situation and then I'm going to take care of me later. And I realized I was bleeding out, not helpful. So then I started processing, okay, how are we going to then move into a space of reparative understanding and communication. Now with some people that's once once the bombs have been thrown and the things have been said, there's not a whole lot to repair. And so when I tell clients, especially when they're working in relationship, like what is your goal? Like do you want to be right or do you want to be in relationship? And I say that often. Um, and most of us want to be in relationship. Like these are relationships that we choose at this point to engage in in a more helpful way than what we have done. So, I sent a text as an apology. Um didn't really land well. And, you know, now it's okay, I'm just going to have to sit in the fact that I said some things that were not helpful. I'm not going to beat myself up about it. I'm not going to uh, you know, go down the rabbit holes I have gone down where it's like I'm a terrible person and, you know, blah, blah, blah. I don't deserve love. And I'm going to be alone forever. And everybody hates me and nobody likes me. And I guess I'll go eat worms. Like that's not, it's actually a song we used to sing as a kid. Um, But it's easy to do, right? It's easy to go down the rabbit holes of identifying that we are not worthy or deserving of love because this interaction happened. Um, And so it really had me thinking about how to Continue to work on the things that I'm working on all day, every day with this level of detachment, being able to not hold on to the fact that I am and, you know, insert negative thing here. I think a lot of times we will um, superimpose a shitty situation to then our identity of I'm a shitty person and whatever that, you know, kind of um, thread or narrative is. You know, we often will then just assign that as our personality. Um, I do recognize that I am reactive. I do recognize that I can say really terrible things. I do recognize that when I want to keep myself safe, I will cut someone. And I will sacrifice the relationship to feel safe. Not helpful. Though it is something that I have done for a lot of my life. Um, water. So as I was processing, you know, after that interaction and after many interactions, I recognize sometimes I do not show up as my best self, even though I am growing and evolving and changing and healing and all the things. My default setting is keep me safe. Our default setting in general, as pointed out, is our reptilian brain of keep me safe. And I do not know the difference between a saber-toothed tiger and someone I love who is having also a shitty day. And if we cannot communicate, I am in a vulnerable space, it is not helpful right now to have this conversation, then we're just going to go at each other and have conflict that is not helpful. It is not productive and we are not doing the best that we can for the relationship what we are doing is just keeping ourselves safe. And so I wanted to come on and, and kind of talk about how we do that. And so part of it is having that emotional awareness of our own vulnerability, having that emotional awareness of, you know, these interactions with people closest to me are more likely to trigger negative reactions. And our our opportunity to respond to certain interactions is very limited if we are not taking that 45 minutes or 20 minutes or even 15 minutes instead of shooting off a text message that says even more more shitty things, right? Um, now keep in mind, there are certain things that will compromise our emotional intelligence and ability to respond, one of which is hunger. For me, as a hypoglycemic, if I do not have food, <laughs> in my system uh yeah i can be real reactive Um, if i have had alcohol that does not help things at all and i will get real reactive i will not respond in a way that's probably the most emotionally intelligent i will probably say things from my feelings um and those feelings aren't always positive if i am tired um i will react versus respond um if I've had a really hard day and I have processed a lot of emotions and my threshold for engaging in human activity is very low, I will be reactive. And so it's important for me to say to people out loud, I am not in a good space to have this conversation right now. Or can we talk about this later when I've had a snack and some sleep? Uh, Can you give me a day to um, come back to you and then we can have this conversation. Those are really good tools and they are you know kind of helpful when we want to preserve the relationship. Um, It it would be really nice if I could just be like I'm gonna put this on pause and come back later when I am dealing with someone who wants to process and get it done right away that's not going to be helpful so I'm going to need to at least take 15 minutes before we continue to, uh, to do this because it's just, just not helpful. Um, I wish that I could say that I, I do that and use that school skill and tool on a regular basis. I do not. I am a human being who reacts first and responds later. And the people who are in relationship with me, they know that sometimes I'll say something real cutty. And fortunately I've got people in my life who will say, ow, that sucked. That was not my favorite. <laughs> I'm really grateful for those people. Um, or I've got people who understand that, it, you know, I'm going to need to take some time or I just don't have the space to talk about that right now. I'm real grateful for those people. I love, and I've said it before that, you know, I have friends who will text and say, Hey, um, do you have space for a conversation? Love that, you know, and will not take it personally if I don't answer the phone right away when you call um you know i can shoot a text and be like hey i'm not in the space can i call you later and they're like yeah that's fine you know i can be like i don't i don't have it right now you know i'm in my own shit and so i'm going to need some space and i love those relationships i am very grateful for the people in my life that don't come at me in a way that feels cutty or defensive or aggressive um but those aren't always the only people in my life, right? I mean, you know, sometimes a random neighbor will come by and ask me a dumb question, and I will give a real dumb answer, (laughs) which is not helpful, but is that a relationship I want to maintain? So, That is your nugget today. Um, So for those of you who didn't see the post, I have reinstated my license in the state of New Mexico. I am officially a licensed professional clinical counselor. Again, I am taking clients and do have immediate openings. Uh, I do have an office space in uh, downtown Albuquerque, as well as Rio Rancho. I am by appointment only. So you do need to reach out if that is a thing that you would like. Um, I am not taking insurance at this time. So it is private pay only on my website. It'll tell you the breakdown of what that looks like. And, um, I'm excited to, to be doing therapy again. Um, I have worked in, uh, mental health now for 11 years and I'm also still doing coaching. Like that's still a thing. Um, but as a codependency specialist with a license to do therapy, uh, there are different ways of doing that. So If you are interested in seeing me both in person or online, uh, you can reach out here, you can reach out on my website, you can send me an email to lx2.cod.coach at gmail.com. I am only licensed to practice therapy in New Mexico, so I cannot be your therapist if you are watching this from all of the states (laughs) and the countries that listen to the podcast or watch the um, live video. So that's just, there's a limitation to what my license can do, Um, but I do appreciate everyone who is listening all over the country um, and all over the world. Thank you so much. Um, If you do want to get a hold of me, you know how to do that here. I am also on Facebook at Luna X2 LLC and on TikTok at LX2 Codependency Coaching. I will talk to you guys next week. If you have any questions, you know how to get a hold of me. Take care. All right. I have ended the video. I am ending, uh, the podcast. Thank you so much to all of the states that are listening, California, Illinois, uh, Vermont, and, uh, we've got a listener in Utah, Oklahoma, Texas, uh, Pennsylvania. I'm so grateful to everyone who's taken an opportunity to listen and come on this journey with me. Um, if you would like to get a hold of me for anything, uh, it's lx 2codcoach and I will talk to you soon. Take care.